0: Four, three,
1: two,
0: one, Lift off. This is The
2: Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome, Welcome to, to The, the Verse. Purpose. Welcome back to The Verse. The podcast that always breaks the fourth wall. In fact, uh, we break it so much, we don't even have a fourth wall. Not since that incident with uh, Cronsworth that we don't speak about. Anyways, uh, for this episode, we finally get to meet She-Hulk, attorney at Wall. And we get to give Game of Thrones another shot as we enter the House of the Dragon. And if... We have time, we may hear the brand new, the verse, Confessions. Are we ever going to have time? Like, probably not. Yeah. But first, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Bridget. I'm Lucas. Bert, it's your turn. (laughs) Wow, that's rich. First, he creates a stir during the last two episode intros, and now he's a no-show?
1: He? Created a stir? Hmm, not sure that would be my take on that.
2: Yep. All his fault. Completely. Where is the bloke?
3: Well, I have no idea where he is. Seriously. I have not had any side conversations with him.
2: Okay... That's not suspicious at all. Emilia, what's going on here? Obliviate. Protego
4: <laughs> Did you just try a Harry Potter spell on Norm? And did he just counter you? Uh no. <laughs> of course not. If I were to cast a spell, I would
3: do nonverbal spell casting, obviously.
1: Then what's with the wand?
2: What wand? The one in your hand. What? What what the what? What the heck?
3: Uh
2: the, uh,
3: these are not the droids you are looking for. These are not,
2: these are the, not the droids, droids we're, droid. looking for. we're looking for.
4: <sighs> That's better. Are we still in intros? Hi, yeah. I'm Lucas. What's going
3: on, guys? Uh, yeah. What just happened? On? What's up? Hap- I'm Bridget. I don't know. Nothing. I. You know. I think probably nothing's happening. Um. So we should just move on. And I'm Emilia. <laughs> Oh, goody, intros! And this is not the Verse news. We're skipping the news today so that we can cover two big premieres. The latest Disney plus Marvel series, She-Hulk, and we're also going to be covering... House of the Dragon, which should be fun.
4: Can we just get a little news, though? Just a, just a little okay. bit of news. No. Well, <laughs> I, I want to say The Boys Season 4 has started filming. So it it ties into our coverage of Season 3 uh, from last week that Bridget was sorely missed on. And so Season 4 is filming. They announced it on their nice. Twitter. So. Well, news over.
3: News over. <laughs> um, and yes, hesitantly House of the Dragon, because last time we touched anything Song and I Sapphire related, there was some beef. But... Who knows how we'll feel this time. But in the meantime, Bridget.
1: Oh, it's time to dive in to She-Hulk, attorney at law.
2: Bum 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 bum. Dun 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 dun
4: dun. I really
1: thought you were just singing like the Sandman song, you know. Bum 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 And I was like, that's a very interesting Mr. song. Mr.
2: Sandman. Should, że, I s- yeah, should I start it with dong dong? Yeah. Let's get that sting. Dong, <laughs>
4: dong. <dun. laughs> Wait, what is the She-Hulk? Do they have a good uh, attorney at law song? Not yet. Oh, they better get on that. I mean, that's what makes a courtroom drama. <laughs> Although I guess we're like Alec McBeal comedy, so.
3: We might get one by the end. I could Scratch see that, that fitting in with the tone they've set so far.
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Bef- before we uh, make more of a mess of the intro of this show... Um, what is this show about, She-Hulk, Attorney of Law?
1: Your mom! <laughs> no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> My mom's an accountant, thank you very much. So we. Which would be a way more boring show.
3: A ca- forensic accountant? Could <laughs> be interesting. She-Hulk,
4: certified public accountant. <laughs> um... <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we meet Jennifer Walters, the main character of the show. Um, and she is a cousin of Bruce Banner. Uh, who we yes, know, correct? First, first cousin, cousin, who we know and love, is the Hulk. And this first episode is her origin story: How did she come to be a Hulk? How did she come to get Hulk powers and Hulk out and do other Hulk stuff? So
4: that is what the show is about. You know, I <laughs> yeah. Very say, little. It was very pleasant. little lawyering. Very yeah. little this
1: lawyering, but I was pleasantly surprised that how they set up the first episode like they just jumped right into it like they gave us the origin story immediately
4: like well you we- know that wasn't the original plan
1: i figured but i liked it
4: originally they had it for season or episode seven or eight is when you were going to reveal the origin story
3: oh so instead of a record scratch you might be wondering how i mm-hmm. got here <laughs> moment there's going to yes. be seven episodes from now okay
4: yeah, and part of me feels like I want to watch that version, and I really, I actually really enjoy this version. I just feel like, uh, this was done so that people would not lose their minds and have their heads blow up. And, like, the criticisms that would come from the crazy fan base.
2: Like, that's gonna stop them.
4: I just think that was their motivation, because it was like they had to set oh. it up so that people who were not aware of the comics, I'm sorry, yeah. not even the the fans, but the comics.
2: Yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you. That's definitely why they did it, but...
4: So Tatiana Maslany is that how you pronounce Maslany. her name? Maslany, Tatiana Maslany, yeah. Maslany, uh, who's utterly charming and amazing, and I'm like gonna watch this show because of her. Uh, she plays Jennifer Walters, She Hulk. Oh, she's from *Orphan Black*. That's right. I mean, cause she's just so darn good. Anyway, um, but she is wonderful in this role as. Bringing a lot of levity and a female perspective to what it's like to be a superhero who. And by the way, this is okay. I'm gonna say the reason why I completely love this character is it's something I brought up over and over again about being a superhero. It's worthless if you don't really wanna save the world. If you're like, my passion is law, what the? What does it matter if you can like lift big boulders? Because that's not what you do, that's not where your brain's at. And so, like, she is the perfect character for me to be like. This makes more sense to me than somebody who's like, now I have these superpowers, I'm going to go beat up, you know, evil villains. It's like, no, do something more useful for society.
3: Yeah, this is an interesting show because it's a different perspective than we typically get for a superhero um, where she doesn't have the same ambitions uh, that a lot of that many other heroes start with. And it's also worth noting that like this show was going to be under fire from the beginning because it it dares to be a, a she show. Like it dares to be like to, to take a feminist lean. But there's just like I don't know, that kind of pressure sucks all around because it makes it sound like this is the only feminist show option you have in all of Marvel, which like having one option out of 70 Kabillion like is lame already. And also that puts way <laughs> yeah. too much pressure on this show to do everything, which it simply can't and and won't and so it like you know there's there's going to be a lot of criticism it's just rife rife to be uh piled on so i'm I'm sure that'll that'll come up a little bit in our discussion but I just feel like that's important context to set
4: well if i would have done the modicum of research who Jessica Gao was, who's the creator of this show. I probably would have felt a little more like relaxed and confident going in. That would be something that would be speaking to me. She is a writer on Rick and Morty, writer on Silicon Valley. Uh, Let's go through it. What else? Um, Robot Chicken, Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness. I mean, come on. I should not be shocked that what she put together was something that I feel like I'm going to enjoy and be a fan of, even if the rest of the Marvel fan base is critical and weird uh i will gladly enjoy this journey so general general
3: impressions
1: (laughs) this is my time to shine (laughs) um well uh i i see i love the hulk i love the hulk he's one of my favorite characters he's my spirit he's my spirit (laughs) avenger if i had to be an avenger um this show just made me laugh. Like 30 minutes of just like unfiltered fun. Like I don't know. I wasn't putting a lot of weight on this because I like one when the trailer first came out, like Marvel just like ripped it up to shreds on the internet. Like this like the like the animation was incredible. Oh, cuz that
4: yeah, the And they CGI. just like
1: ripped it to shreds. So honestly, I just was like whatever. I think this will be like it's just going to be a nice, funny little sitcom, like, to break up what we've been watching, you know, coming off of watching, um, what were the last two? Oh. Uh, Moon Knight and uh,
2: Ms. Yeah. Marvel.
1: Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, um, you know, we had the Multiverse of Madness, just, like, some pretty heavy, heavy films. So I was like, you know what, let's just, this will be a fun little sitcom, just, like, a short little, short little show. Um, and that's what it did. Like it's funny. Like it was just very light. It was very light. You
4: mean like a light-hearted sitcom like *WandaVision*. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, which is just you know the funniest show ever. Um, yeah. Yuck, but yuck. what I'll, I'll tell you, my favorite—I think what ended up actually be, actually being my, the, my favorite part of this episode. Uh, we got like probably the most inside look into Bruce Banner that we've had in the MCU, thus mm-hmm. far. Um, and it was very small. It wasn't heavy. It w- I mean, it was, like, a heavy topic, but, like, it wasn't anything drastic. It wasn't dramatic. And it was like, oh, Bruce. Like, that's, that was, like, my reaction. Like, um, so I like that. Sorry, what did you just say? The- and Hulk, Bruce Banner, is played by the one, the only... Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty awesome. Uh, and we get Smart Hulk and Mark Ruffalo Hulk. So it's pretty entertaining.
2: What What is Mark Ruffalo Hulk? and what is Smart Hulk?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. see when I say Mark Ruffalo Hulk, Hulk, I refer to Human Hulk. Like oh, so Bruce, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner and then then Smart Hulk. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite, actually. But now I like, I like Mexico Bar Hulk. That's my, <laughs> that's my new favorite.
3: Yeah, R. I. P. That bar. Um, and <laughs> they sort of fixed it. <laughs> they, they rebuilt, rebuilt it. it, it, it they put it back uh, together. Didn't seem to take that long. But I, you know, I will. My initial impressions of this are that like, this seems like this seems like a fine show. Uh, I feel like it's doing what it set out to do. It's lighthearted it's funny um i like i'm not gonna read it as like a as a cutting-edge feminist show because it's not and it never will God, be like, like i'm that. sorry like yeah it's 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 feminism 101 which i think like a huge portion of the audience desperately needs which is great
4: and will never listen, listen so like why <laughs> even bother <laughs> but
3: <laughs> uh yeah. if i try to read this as like a you know something that's supposed to really speak to my experience as a woman like I'm not going to get it but that's okay like it doesn't I don't have to put that pr- kind of pressure on it other
1: <laughs> yeah I wasn't I wasn't expecting that at all like I thought like I I knew there would be a lot of like female oriented humor and I wasn't again taking this like a feminist feminist approach because it's it's Marvel we all saw Endgame like, we all know what their approach to feminism is. So I just... Yeah, like, we
3: already even, got that. We girls, really got get it moment.
1: done. <laughs> yeah, we got our moment. We don't need anything else. What are, we got it done. What are we talking about?
4: <laughs> you, you, you got it done. It's over. Um, Move along.
1: So, I again, like, I wasn't even thinking about that. But, like, I knew that I would probably... Like, like, as, like, a single woman who is dating, like, just watching the trailers, I was like, okay, this is going to be, like, relatable to me. Like, this is going to be funny. Um, and and that's, like, the direction I see it going. Like, it, it's not supposed mm-hmm. to take, you know, the feminist movement by reins and be like, oh, like, I am She-Hulk, hear me roar. Like, I can wear heels and be a superhero. Like, no. Like, that's not 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 what I want, and I don't think that's what
4: it's No, what they delivered was she conned Bruce Banner into revealing that Captain America, (laughs) he ain't no virgin.
1: That was probably the funniest
4: part. We should have known. (laughs) Everyone's been thinking that. (laughs) that, But let's – all this noise and all this annoying stuff going on, like what the show delivered was those moments that were really lighthearted and fun and and silly, right? Like which is everything we loved about Taika's movies – Before he tipped way too far into it. But for like a sitcom, like that's pretty much what you want. But importantly. You want a little bit of of drama and gravity. But at the end of the day, you want those silly fun moments. And I feel like it delivered on that.
3: Importantly, Norm, is this comic book accurate? Is Steve Rogers... Is he a version of the comics? Is he not? Do they talk about it? Okay.
2: (laughs) First off... (laughs) um. While I did enjoy this episode, I felt like it was too much like the cookie-cutter Marvel, and I didn't like that that much. So now, Lucas, when you said that the f- this was supposed to happen, like, seven episodes in, makes me think, like, oh, we got robbed of, like, the non-Marvel yes. stuff to set up the, the Marvel stuff that we got. The great, great stuff we just got with Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight and WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Like, we had all this stuff that, that did that. And I'm going to go like into what robbed. I thought yeah. should have
4: happened in the pilot. But okay. anyway,
2: but, continue. But, Emilia, to answer your question, um, first off, I don't think we should be talking about virginital <laughs> status of anyone. Because, first off, it shouldn't be celebrated. It's a whole, a whole silly idea to me. But that's me personally. I don't care. Um, yes, in I the comic books, you, he's like, not a virgin. I like this. But for I like the this sake take norm. Very mature of you. <laughs> for the sake of conversation, he is not a virgin in the comic books. Not even close. (laughs) And in the MCU, you should know he's not a virgin because in Infinity War, there's a big hint. There is a big hint that he is not a virgin in Infinity War. And it comes from when uh, Bruce Banner shows up and sees Black Widow says hi. And then all of a sudden, uh, Sam turns to like Bucky and them and goes, well, this is awkward.
3: Yeah, but it's Marvel. That could just mean like they kissed once, which they did.
4: (laughs) They held hands walking on the boardwalk.
2: And it's funny, I don't see anybody walking around asking about Tony Stark's status there. We all well, know him.
3: <laughs> In movie one, they made a point of that.
4: <laughs> this is why, by the way, oh, I'm just going to point out, this the is way. why this show is funny, is because these are the conversations we have about this kind of stuff, right? So, of course, like, no, 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 you know, no, no, no. they're going to be talking about it, obsessing over these ridiculously no. unimportant details. This,
2: this is fan service at its worst. <laughs> this is This is my own, like, yes, it was funny. It's humorous to me. I laughed. You can ask my wife. I was laughing when it happened. The problem being is, is it's fan service. Somebody out there on the internet was like, well, Captain America's probably a virgin, and here's why. And then somebody else was like, no, it's not. And it sparked a debate, and somebody in the writer's, writer's room was like, we should just put this to bed somehow. We'll make a joke out of it. And no, you just don't listen to these people. Well,
3: yeah, when the writers start getting it, into the Reddit forums, it becomes a problem.
4: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have some distance I actually listened to a great interview with David Lindelof who talked to Damon Lindelof who talked about that um, like you can't let him get in your head man you got to stay off Twitter if you're a writer in these situations
2: and that's what I'm saying I don't want something like this to be sacri- uh, to sacrifice um, character development for anyone I'd much rather get the character development than the stupid joke that I didn't care about like honestly so who Norm, really did care about whether or not Steve Rogers was a virgin
4: all I can tell you is yeah not only did I really not care that much did anyone I actually think
2: wasn't.
4: that? That's just like... ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know who I cares? Like
4: ridiculous. Just because your grandpa didn't talk about what he was doing in World War II, like, trust me. Like, Admittedly, I hadn't actually great. thought right, about so... it until this episode.
2: <laughs> exactly. I didn't even think about it. I didn't care. And I'm a Captain America fan. That's all I'll
4: say. Um, okay, before we get too crazy on this one, all I'm going to say, Norm, is this is why I think this would have landed better, episode seven, if that joke was made in episode seven, And uh, the whole breaking of the fourth wall, why does it happen in the first 30 seconds of the show? I was like, it would have been way better if she goes into the court of law. Everything happens like it did at the end of the episode where all of a sudden a super villain breaks in and her friend turns to her is like, do your thing. And then she turns to the Hulk and then is about to punch something and then turns to the camera and goes, oh, by the way, like that would have been a way better place to do the break and then resume back at the end with the action. I was just thinking from like a creative standpoint, like that would have been way more exciting and interesting. And instead they do it like right at the drop of the hat and it doesn't build up any tension. It just cuts to it. Yeah. It felt forced. I I was not a fan of the structure of this episode at all. Yeah, I I,
2: I somewhat agree, mostly because it just felt like typical Marvel, which is fine, but at the same time, it's not what I was hoping for. And that's just me. I was just hoping for something different. Um, Anybody out there who thinks they are fans of Marvel and think they know that, oh, the only person who breaks the fourth wall is Deadpool should really read a comic book because She-Hulk, I actually believe She-Hulk was doing it before Deadpool. So this is like comic accurate She-Hulk here breaking the fourth wall. And while it's effective in setting up comedy, and I think it's needed for, because if you're going to tell a She-Hulk story right and true to the comics, you need to have her break the fourth wall.
3: That's helpful to know because like I didn't, have that context and i thought that it was a little bit jarring as well at the start um and then i thought it was again like weirdly timed when it happens one more time before the end of the episode where they're just like she's having a conversation with bruce and it's one of those like arrested development moments where it's like he says something and then she turns the camera she's like he doesn't mean that and i was like what's happening (laughs) like if you're gonna use it like use it you know
2: and you'll, you'll definitely see more of it. Uh, in the comic books, it was 100% to play up the comedy. A lot of She-Hulk's early comics... By the way, a uh, little fun fact. She-Hulk was the last original character for Marvel that Stan Lee created.
4: Oh, nice. And okay. one of
2: his things was he wanted her to have more comedy because he felt like there was no strong female comedic characters. And so he wanted to make a really, really strong, physically strong character that also could crack jokes so he made he created she-hulk
4: well what did everybody think of the comedy do you think like the 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 banter landed the uh, you know the comedy moments between the characters did people enjoy
2: that most yeah i'd say most it is very
3: typical marvel so it's like a little a little old hat but i think that like i mean i think tatiana maslany does a great job like she she really Mm -hmm. is a great Comedic and dramatic actress in this role, so I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, but I, I want
4: to point out that Kate Quaro, who's the director on this one, I think I p- pronounced her name right. Um, her c- credits include uh, Girls, Five Eva, which I first season's incredible, second season kind of drops off, but that's not her fault. Uh, Dead to Me, great show, Modern Family, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She directed four episodes. The gang wins the big game. Charlie's home alone. Time's up for the big game. And the game beats Boggs. Great. Oh, the ladies reboot, which she has some great episodes under her belt. So, And The Mick, which is such an underappreciated show. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is also a great show. Uh, so she has really good comedy sitcom chops, which I can understand why they tapped her to direct this
2: pilot. So, yeah, I think Tatiana Mazzolani does a great job as the comedic part. Um, I think they... You know when when uh, they have Bruce Banner and Mark uh, as Mark Ruff Mark Ruffalo is Bruce Banner when they have him being the straight man all the time it works really well but there's a couple times where they tried making him not be the straight man and I don't think it landed I think that's where yeah, I think Mark, that's where the Mark comedy Ruffalo's, was falling yeah. off for me keep Mark Ruffalo as the straight man
4: yeah yeah
2: speaking that in comedic terms literally not what in he is, uh,
3: in this show as well
4: <laughs> he's the Laurel to the Hardy right. But he, I he can't remember which one's the straight man. <laughs> anyway.
2: he 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 dabbles into the the you know the comedy part a little bit too much in this, and I think that's where like the comedy kind of fell flat. But any time where he was staying true to the uh, the straight man, it was it was perfectly fine. The the comedy landed for me.
4: Here, here. The, here.
1: Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I think it's funny. Like, I, and I know it's, like, typical Marvel, but it's, like, the charming side of Marvel that, like, I think that fans really like that, like, keeps audiences coming back. Like, it's, like, the feel-good funny. You know, it's nothing, like, over the top, but it's just, like, little moments that you remember and, uh, like, it's just, it like, it's, it was a feel-good. It was, like, a feel-good episode, and I think this is going to be a feel-good show, which I'm totally fine with if it made me feel otherwise i probably would have liked it but it's making me feel good so it's okay
2: yeah if if anybody if you've ever read a comic book i think it's going to be really true to the comic book it's going to be funny it's going to be lighthearted. it's going to have its moments where it's like oh no but like at the same time it's going to stay in the comedy realm if if it stays true to the comic books which i think it will and there's going to be a lot of sexual humor in this whether or not it's through innuendo or just outright like it was with the whole post-credit scene with her trying to de- <laughs> find out from Bruce whether or not Steve Rogers is a virgin. Um, that kind of stuff is true to the comic books when it comes to her, so I expect it. Anybody who's giving this show guff because she's not playing like a strong a strong female lead in the way of like, oh, we want a we want a a, a BA who's just gonna like punch things and whatnot, like. That's not going to happen yeah, here. Yeah, you already have and... Captain
3: Marvel for that, but everybody hated that, apparently. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs>
2: And then you have Ms. Marvel, who also had a really strong uh, presence, but everyone hated that, too, yeah. apparently.
4: Well, the thing that I like most about this is this idea that, like, just having super strength like and, and what does it really get you like in, in your day-to-day life and i think it's more interesting to be like yeah i have to be a lawyer with super strength instead of like yeah i'm going to go fight in the army with super strength you're like okay I, that makes sense like anyway it's just for me this is exactly what i find more interesting than just the traditional superhero thing is taking that and putting it in a weird lawyer sitcom well i think it's anyway, like that's why i feel like i'm going to this. well i think this, this
3: is this is going to be interesting for that reason and because like it's it's complicated by the fact that like This isn't going to, like, uh, help further her career exactly. Like, not in the way that she might want it to. But it is going to be, like, a kind of privilege in certain ways because she, like, that scene where she's approached by those shady guys at the bar and she is able to, like, hulk out and intimidate them away. Like, that is huge. That is, like, that is a total game
4: changer (laughs) for... uh, (laughs) <laughs> oh, what did I say in that scene? I'm glad he brought up that scene because I was like, I, uh, it was interesting how the girls were like, "Oh, you, like what's wrong? Are you lost?" And they just like dress her up in all their clothes and makeup, and I was like, "Wow, that, that says feels a lot a little, about what, how uh, dangerous that area is." Right. <laughs> and then, no, then, of course, the first thing that happens is she walks outside. Some sleazy guys. I'm like, okay, women are awesome, men are men are trash. I get it. I know. Says something
3: about but that my
2: biggest, area. <laughs> my biggest question. I asked my wife this one. She said this, this is a big falsity. How many women carry around an extra pair of shoes?
4: Zero. Or even like a who gives up their coat, like their nice coat? Like, so
2: I that wasn't a nice I think coat. Ranger. Let's be nice. That or, was or trashy
4: coat. I don't know. Yeah, that it was I furry. carry
2: around
3: an extra <laughs> pair of shoes. Like maybe flats if you were wearing heels out all night. Flats, but, yeah. uh yeah, they had like they were mm-hmm. like going out shoes, and so that was a bit odd. But there is like a allyship between women, but it's more with things like you like a. I need a tampon kind of situation or like, I need you to pretend to be my friend so I can get the sky off my back. So it's like, you know, it's somewhat true, but somewhat not true.
4: Yeah. It could have been done a little more subtly. I get it. It's a sitcom and they had like 30 seconds to get out of that scene. Um, And I did appreciate her hulking out and screaming at those dudes. That was kind of cool. And let's be real. Like if, Walking out of a bar getting catcalled or hit up like, yes, that happens every day. But at the end of the day, I was like, that just felt a little too easy. All of it. Um, Nothing weird or or off happened. And the thing that I've liked about this show and other scenes is that it does seem like they go for the weird or the funny. And I'd appreciate them doing that more. Um, Big criticism. Final big criticism before we move on is I was expecting Jamila Jamil to be in this episode a little more, and she just kind of shows up at the last 30 seconds of it, and that's all we get, and I really Mm -hmm. like her, and I'm sure she'll be in the rest of the season. But I was led to believe I would get more of her, and she wasn't in it.
2: Okay, um, the only thing I don't like about her character right now is she looks like they took Peg Bundy from Married with Children and just, like, modern put Jamila Jamil in that, like, outfit. And I was like, oh, no, come on, not the 80s, please, no. Oh, yeah, we
4: know you're... We know your hatred for all things eighties. Well, more.
2: not all things, but definitely eighties fashion. That is one hundred percent up there. That's we can go crazy. through the list. We have old episodes to reference of how much you Do <laughs> you hate mullets? Oh yes, one hundred percent. again, this is part Do of the Do you hate Guns N' Roses? Mostly, yes. Except for one album. All right. The, I I don't I'm hate gonna, them. They're overrated. That's what I said. We're
4: gonna check the videotape to get into your pet peeves. Anyway. So yes, you're right. I her her fashion style and this Wait. So, what era this takes place now? Though it's right? taking place like, now. Why yeah. in the 80s. I
2: have no idea. I just saw that and I was like, right. "Oh, come on, they, ugh, Peg,
4: Peg. I love me some Peg." <laughs>
2: um,
4: I do feel bad for, wanna... for the the other honorable that she
3: mentions loses, though she Hulk's out at the end.
2: Oh yeah, the 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 power suit.
3: Yeah, that probably cost a lot.
2: <laughs> I assume. <laughs>
4: I did like that when she gets back to normal and she just looks totally disheveled. I,
2: I thought it was funny that night. they were like, uh, her friend was like, wait, 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 the shoes, the shoes. And like, oh, That's thank smart. you. I thought that was <laughs> yeah. a, a funny moment. She could moment, take off but...
3: the jacket. Just saved it.
2: <laughs> I did enjoy the uh, training montage and how she just like completely was goofing off the entire time because it's like, I get it. If you're able to do it, you're just going to be a goofball. And we all have that cousin. I have a funny feeling Bridget is this cousin who never takes anything seriously when you're trying to do anything and show them something. So they just goof off the entire time.
1: My high school teachers would probably agree with you.
3: (laughs) That was like another one of those things where like they tried to do some of the, some of the feminism with uh, where, where, you know, she was like, Being a woman is just, you know, anger and fear all the time. So it's really easy for me to control. Like, like, do I think that's maybe taking some liberties with feminism and maybe compressing it all down to one tagline? Like, yeah, I think that's a little ridiculous, a little bit positive stereotypy, because there are certainly women who cannot control their emotions. And that should be like not something that you just assume. But the whole thing where she's just better at everything physically, I thought that was like a fine statement and totally believable well
2: i mean there's so I, there's parts i, I like things. it though where
4: well bruce was like he sees her you know she like throws the thing really easily then he has to sh- prove that he can throw it farther like which is the sibling rivalry thing yeah. which i like you know
2: they
4: i think they handle that stuff pretty well by keeping it lighthearted and silly
2: also i mean not the stereotype but i'll power through on this um, women are more likely to do yoga than men. So when he's doing yoga poses and she's just doing all this weird yoga stuff. Like, this holding is a, your farts. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a good chance she's already done this, especially in New York. Yeah. If I feel like it's more more popular. But, you know, Bisha K. Oh, Ali, too, buddy. when we had her and we interviewed her, she said, you can't compress everything down to one. You can only speak for the one person, the one voice, whatnot, yeah. and everyone else either gets in line with it or they just say, oh, no, that doesn't speak to me. And that's fine. You can't try and be all-encompassing. And I think that's important to note here is that we feminism takes on many different forms. And, you know, it's fine for certain things, other things, as long as we don't keep typecasting, I think. And that, I guess, would be my question for Bridget and Emilia. Do you feel like this particular persona is shown a little bit more often. Is this like one that you're like, Oh, when it comes to feminism, I've seen this one before, or it's not what I was hoping for. Like, is that part of this?
1: Um, I, you know, it's like a hard question to answer for me. Cause I feel like as far as my take on feminism is, is like, the women that I, like, I like. I don't look to media for it, if that makes sense.
2: No, that, that not, makes, that's valid. Yeah, like, I don't sense. look, I
1: yeah, I don't, I don't look to see it in shows, and I don't look to see it in movies, like, it's not, like, to me, it's, like, the everyday stuff, you know, like, my, f- like, feminist icons, like, it's, it's not, like, something I, I would see on television, and I'm not, like, Searching it out, if that makes sense, it's like I'm gonna watch this because this is gonna be fun. Fe- like I don't, I don't seek it out. You know what I'm saying? So, um, totally. I I wasn't expecting Marvel to do that. So, I mean, if they do it, I mean, I'm not gonna be upset that they do it, but it's not something I'm actively searching for.
3: Yeah, that's a great point, uh, and I agree. Like, I mean, I, I like do look critically at. Representations of like women, people of color, marginalized populations, because it's part of it's also part of my day job. But, um, and so here, like, in a lot of ways so far, this is, uh, something that, yeah, this is not a particularly novel, um, statement (laughs) about women. And that's okay, but again, like, that's okay because I don't think. I actually don't really think it's trying to be like some people will read it that way. Like they'll complain that everything is getting too woke these days and all we can really do is ignore those people. (laughs) But yeah, like I also look for my, uh, for my role models and icons like outside of media, but I also like don't um, limit my role models in media or character or characters, whatever, like characters that I look up to and, um, and love like, They're not really limited by anything, especially because if they were, I would have so few
2: choices.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think this episode too, like the reason why we got this one first is part of the thing that for viewers who are like casual Marvel fans who are like watched all the movies or whatever and don't really dive too deep into it, they would have all these questions like, why isn't she more like, isn't she a Hulk and she has to act crazy, right? So they were like, they had to have this episode for... Bruce to then share like how because we know his journey which is like his controlling the the monster and coming to terms with it and like they had to kind of like get past that real quickly to set up the world so that people could just get past it and just and I'd be surprised if they really brought up a lot of this stuff again like this whole feminism thing sure it might be sprinkled in with jokes here and there but I, I have a feeling that this is going to be more about character and plot more so than just like saying these take these big stances on you know sexism and feminism and things so that's my impression and that this is why they did it it wasn't to like make a feminist statement it was to show the contrast between who she hulk is she's not hulk she's her own character and they just had to establish that so people wouldn't be like
0: wait what's going on man i think that's
3: i don't that's like get a progressive it thing to do right it's like don't write a character that's strong because she's a woman like you could argue, mm-hmm. you can make the argument that that is kind of what they did here with um, her characterization. But I think the rest of the show is probably gonna just be, yeah, like you said, character and plot and the yeah, that's,
4: that's what it's gonna be. And they do. they use this to get, move past it. I think in some ways, though, like s- story wise, it would have been better served if it fell where they originally planned to put it. <laughs> anyway, we, we don't know. That's a silly argument to make because it's not how uh, it went.
1: It or, is a. Ooh. Loot point. I always love to say
4: yes, that. that point or is
2: moot. do we know? A do we, do we know? <laughs> so in the comic books, this is where this is where I'm coming back in. In the comic books, the only there are four Hulks in the comic books. There's actually more, but we're gonna boil it down to four Hulks. There is Hulk, as we know him, Bruce Banner. There is She Hulk, Jennifer Walters. There is Red She Hulk, which is uh, Betty Brant. Betty Brandt, Betsy, Betsy Ross. Sorry, Betsy Ross, not Betty Brandt. And Betsy
4: Ross, didn't she make the yeah. US flag? And
2: General Ross. Betty Ross, Betty Ross, Betty Ross. Sorry. Not
4: Betsy Ross.
2: Not Betsy, Betty Ross. Um, so of those four, only one had a split personality problem, and that is Bruce Banner. And there is a reason for that. For the same reason that. Moon Knight had a split personality. He has childhood trauma that he repressed. Oh,
3: We haven't talked this about that before. is
2: why. Well, no, they never, never talked about up. it in the MCU. <laughs> it never comes up, except for if you... Because they never give him a proper movie anymore. <laughs> if you watched the very first Ang Lee Hulk, you will see yes. that there is childhood trauma in there, and that's where it's coming from. That is the only oh. movie that's te- technically not an MCU film. That will show you that the Hulk has childhood trauma, and the split personality of the Hulk and Bruce Banner was manifested when he got into the gamma radiation accident.
3: Interesting.
2: So that's okay. that's okay. comic book accurate. Again, he's the only Hulk that can't control that could not control his anger and, uh, and had two split. Personalities.
3: Typical man assumes his experience is the universal experience. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, yes. up until this point, there he had only been one Hulk. One,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to give him, cr- yeah, to be fair, he probably should be in prison for all the people he killed. He did a good job
3: of uh, documenting everything. Day. Though. He's got a nice, neat binder. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that.
2: <laughs> he does. that. He just ripped 15, out. By the way, if anybody. It's a
1: 15 anybody, step process.
2: <laughs> yeah, and if anybody's ever made a binder like that, the last thing we're going to do is just rip random pages out of it. That's just not going to happen.
1: It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to no. happen yeah it takes too much money. I, I, he doesn't
4: have it, like an ipad version like where's the I, digital honestly, version of that bro? that
1: scene was so funny he's like i have mastered it it's gonna take 15 years it's like i love how he's like he's mastered it. i'm like no bro that was just your experience i don't i don't think i want to call taking <laughs> yeah, and, you 15 years to get to this point is mastering it
2: <laughs> and and some of the criticism online about that revolves around him basically mansplaining and it's like listen When he was the Hulk and Bruce Banner, when he had the split personalities, he did a lot of things that he was highly ashamed of that he probably has nightmares Mm -hmm. at night about and whatnot. And he does not want his cousin, who he definitely loves, Mm -hmm. to go through that. So I don't think that was coming from a place of like, oh, I'm a higher being oh, than you or anything. He like that. also it feels
3: was... responsible.
2: Norm. Exa- he yes. got her hulked out. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I don't see that as. And I think that's why they didn't like name it as yeah. such. Like if they wanted to frame it that way, like they
4: would have. Yeah. But and it's Mark Ruffalo. He's just adorable.
2: <laughs> Speaking of which, in the comic books, um, she does get her powers in sort of the same way, except for in the comic books, she gets shot. And Bruce Banner is the only one that can give because she has a rare blood type is the only one to give her, uh, you know, a blood transfusion. And at the time, he does not know what will happen when it when he does give blood and he finds out real quick.
1: Interesting. Dang.
2: Just some comic knowledge.
1: Well, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I will not lie.
2: I think I'm going to look forward more to the next episode than I did to this episode.
3: Yeah, I like that. It's it's but it's you know it's bite-sized not really bite-sized it's <laughs> sitcom sized um, a little longer I guess but and uh, it's it's just it, it is nice to have something light especially because if we if we keep following mm-hmm. House of the dragon you know it's gonna be a nice counterpoint yeah.
4: <laughs> it will probably be a good balance for sure and that's how I feel and first episodes are always difficult because there's so much setup you have to do uh, that I'm expecting the rest of it to be way more uh, what I was hoping for going in. But we'll see. We'll check back in in a week or two.
3: All right. So, shall we move
4: on?
2: We sang that song all together. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say all together. <laughs> all it was together, you yeah. and I, Lucas, yeah. and I think Cronsworth, if I'm correct. Chimed I think in. I was
4: there. Somebody, you say, earth was good for something. Two, I'm going to get you on the record. Two
2: other people were a little timid to try and do I was, this. I was
4: present. I thought
2: you were going to play the liar for
4: us.
1: Well, you see, folks, you see, uh, I have never seen Game of Thrones.
4: <gasps> Nary an episode, Bridget.
1: Never, ever, ever. That's. Have I seen an it? accomplishment.
4: Could, I Could we convince you to see an um, episode?
1: Um, To be perfectly frank with you... you Can see, I still be Norm? You, uh, oh my god. You don't get but an airplane set up too often. Wow. True, I was true. just going to say, if that wasn't a dad joke, if I ever heard The dad one? representation wow. on this um, show is... <laughs> yeah, honestly, seriously, too much. Um, see, this is the issue... I would like to, but you see, the Verse Squad did a nice little doozy of an episode called Got Beef, where you sort of just, like, destroyed Game of Thrones, so I was like, uh-oh, is this an endeavor I I need to seek out? Because Emily and I think a lot, like, our, we think, have a lot of the same opinions when it comes to media, and I'm just like... If Emilia has this much rage towards a television series... You have to see, though. But you,
4: wait. You hurt
2: the ones you love the oh. most, Bridget. I will say, Emilia, Emilia only felt so hard about this because she loved it so much.
3: was a lot of investment, yep. that's that's true. I read the books, I'd scoured the wiki, I'd camped out the subreddit. So this is
1: the thing, though. I mean, if I'm going to invest this time, do I... Do I Am I setting myself up for heartbreak?
4: Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But maybe not on the new series. Maybe House of the Dragon is going to be the one.
1: Will it though? Will it though? Can,
2: can I pitch something really quickly here? Can I pitch something? We all say said with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, it would have been really cool had Emilia had not seen any other Star yes. Wars. Don't that's force like. Bridget to watch Game of Thrones. Just let her watch House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. I'm Get curious if pure, it's glad with something. It's a purely new, sure. purely new um, segment for her. Let her see it with fresh eyes instead of jaded eyes like we have.
1: Okay, yes. so I think that maybe this is quite the contention point of contention tonight. Um, maybe, maybe we need to put a poll up on Twitter and be like, should Bridget watch yes, it? Yes, that's should a great she not idea, watch Bridget. It? You know?
4: By the way, I'm gonna to totally tank that poll with my perspective. I'm just gonna have everybody vote for me in my perspective. So, me—that's a great idea. Me too, but whatever. Yeah. I think we how might share the same you say opinion. Vote there. for
1: your perspective. Should say, should Bridget watch this blind or not? Nah?
2: Yeah, then I'm gonna tell everybody to go vote blind. Watch it blind, baby. Blind.
4: blind.
1: All right. Well, if I'm gonna watch it blind, then I better go get watching.
2: Yes. Yeah, go do
1: that.
4: <laughs> You go do that. So, peace
1: out, Cub Scouts.
4: <laughs> I think you should go into one of your hibernation pods, pop on the first episode, and report back to us.
1: Are you kicking me out? All right, get out. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> so, okay. but who am I going to call if I get confused?
2: Emilia.
3: Right, write down those questions. <laughs> yeah. And contact the Verse Cast. At
4: the Verse Cast. Um,
1: The Averse Squad member is sending in transmissions. Help.
4: I will answer. I do want to point out, this is the most watched uh, episode of a show for HBO. Yes.
2: Any show? They, they released that last night. Yep. Oh, probably yeah. cuz their viewership. Any show, now. which is
4: not surprising. You
1: guys, but I hate I hate being a mainstreamer. Now I don't want to watch it because everyone else You watch it.
2: Marvel. Don't give me no I don't like being a mainstreamer. Yeah, Star Wars yeah, come Star on. Is the most popular show
4: ever.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, I'll go in my little pod. I'll hop off. I'll go <laughs> hop off. I'll find my. I'll find my way. If I get confused, okay. you'll hear me screaming. And
4: while you're at it, while you're at it, after you finish it, you might as well just fill in that blind spot of the um, Return of the King <laughs> because we still haven't done that. Yeah, you should know, premiere next point, week. I so to... just,
1: oh, it's just the mark of
4: the off show. five hours of your day.
1: Yeah. Oh, the Lord my of the Rings shows I'm coming out. To you have you can't watch that without work. watching the oh man yeah
4: oh lord okay i need a vacation
1: Ugh, i need a vacation all right all right i'll be back i'll be in my pod i'll see you all guys right. okay. okay all
3: right um thanks bridget yeah all right so we have discussed she hulk and now we're going to come back to the throne the game of thrones or maybe i should say the song the song of ice and fire Sorry, it's one of those petty things, uh, which they
4: mentioned in <laughs> they mentioned in this. okay, we're gonna way. talk
3: about that. But <laughs> <laughs>
4: um,
3: our relationship with Game of Thrones this the show is complex. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think for obvious reasons, anyone who was uh, aware of the culture uh, aware of cultural phenomena in the last uh, five, ten years. so that was you know if you if you want to hear our opinions about Game of Thrones, though, tune into episode twenty six got beef. <laughs> Where we discuss our beef. But this is not GOTS. This is House of the Dragon, aka Hot D, which is what George R. R. Martin calls it. So that's what we're going to call it too. Hot so, D? Can we
4: not call
2: it Hot, hot D? D? I don't really No, want to I'm call totally calling it Hot, calling D. It hot D. D for
4: now on. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so this show it, takes place before the events of Game of Thrones, um, uh, almost 200 years beforehand. Uh, Before the birth of Daenerys uh, and everyone that we know and love there. Um, And it kind of fits into the Game of Thrones world because it's like it's it's a historical tale. And then there's a couple of things that like we might recognize from the actual from the Game of Thrones series that are referenced in this first episode.
4: Correct. And they tell us all this in the first 10 minutes of the show.
2: that first opening card where we had to put everything at Denar on Denarius as well the what was it a hundred and some odd years yeah. b- before <laughs> Denarius and and they fade everything else around and they leave that little two nuggets there and I'm like but
4: then they go back and then on. then they also have like voiceover narration to tell us more right like there's just so tell much tell
3: us about how, why we're in the situation we're in now where
4: to me it was just so much I was like <laughs> I come for on them, man though.
3: there's a lot of history. <clears throat> There sure. is, and it's
4: funny because I'll tell you, I was trying to get my wife to watch this with me. She would watch Game of Thrones with me, and I actually got her really into it after a while, but she would watch it so she could go to sleep. It was like <laughs> it was like putting on white noise so she could sleep. So I'd have to watch episodes two or three times for her to finish them. <clears throat> she was like I was like, please just watch this with me. So she finally sat down to watch it with me. That intro with the thing and then the voiceover, she literally tapped out. I turned around, she's gone. She's in the other room watching something else. I was like, I get it yeah. because I mean we all watch it. Like, do you really have to do that much exposition? Like, maybe just get the story rolling, and we'll pick well, it up as we go.
3: I'm like, I'm of two minds about because I'm like, yeah, admittedly, like it, it would be super boring if you weren't like really knee deep in this. But I'm also like, man, there really is a lot to set up here because one, mm-hmm. you got to watch the show with freaking Family Tree. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you also have to be careful with the Family Tree you choose because there will be spoilers. For the show and that family tree. Mm. So, but for me, I already generally know where the story's going. Um, but like they have to set up why, like, yeah, how, how everyone gets their starting places, which starts with King Jeharis the Wise, uh, dealing with the issue of his own succession and setting up some political issues where, like, there's his, um, granddaughter that was that just becomes the queen that never was, who has some feelings about that. And then there's his eventual wait, wait, wait. So successor can, who was Viserys f- in focus the
4: show. On <laughs> so focus on real quick. So the the granddaughter is the queen who never was. And then so who got the throne, which is played is that- Viserys. So Viserys gets the throne, um, who's played by Patty Considine, mm. who I like. I think he does a really good job of playing kind of like the Yes, he's like milk toast president. <laughs> president milk he's a toast, good king, like, king. But
3: well, he's good. He's he's fine. a nice he's guy. Just... Is he a good king? <clears throat> yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah, not necessarily.
4: So by the way, he is from Peaky Blinders as well as The Outsider, which is really that was a kind of great little um, mini series. <clears throat> for uh, uh, what else? Uh, Wolf Journeyman. Uh, oh, World's End. That's right. He was in World's End. Anyway, so it, he's a face I've seen around a lot. So it was interesting to finally see him crossover into the game of thrones world
3: yeah so that whole opening scene is to explain like is to show how the question of succession was determined uh like two generations ago and then (laughs) sets up the scene like the political leanings for now although i really think that if you were just watching this and you weren't like really in the lore like I i still think it would just be like you might not even need it because it's like it would just go in one year out the, out the other. Like, yeah. It's just going to be confusing.
4: <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. Like it, it, they put all that stuff in the beginning and I still didn't really understand it by the end. But I thought it was pretty cool by the end. And we'll get into that. Like I, I was very skeptical of that they were doing this. And I didn't realize. So this is based on the novel. They actually wrote the prequel novel for this. Yes. This George is based R. R. Martin on
3: did. Fire and Blood, oh, yeah. which is okay. actually not a novel like the Game of oh. Thrones series, but it is a textbook a history textbook essentially mm. that is supposed to exist in the actual Game of, world yeah. so in the song of ice and fire world so in the actual book though it suggested that there's like you know history is written by the winners so there's some issue you know some potential issues with like the reliability of the narrator and who's actually writing it i don't know if they're going to bring that into this show this kind of seems like they're telling like a, objectively this is what happened which I think makes more sense because it would get very meta <laughs> if they started trying to pull in all the unreliable narrator stuff.
2: Right. Um, so, you know, this this was an interesting episode, uh, way, a, a fine way of starting things off, I guess. The one thing that I got to say doesn't land for me is I don't see Matt Smith who plays... Um,
4: the Doctor. <laughs> doctor Who. <laughs>
2: He plays um, Damon, Damon Targaryen. Targaryen. Yes, I, I like I don't know if it's because I know him as Doctor Who, even though I don't watch Doctor Who, I do know he was Doctor Who and the Doctor that he played, I just don't see him as a bad guy, and like I don't see him as being this intimidating. So like when he's on there and he's he's doing the, the Damon Targaryen things that you're just sitting there going, Oh my god, no, oh that's vile. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there going, Yeah, Matt Smith is not pulling this off for me. <laughs>
4: I thought he played creepy well. I just don't buy him as him. being intimidating.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I just I'm sitting there going, okay, no. Well,
4: he lost the the duel. Like I like that they had a lot of jousting. Whenever there's like jousting, I'm like I don't really understand the rules of it, uh, dude, even though I see the movies was,
3: all the time. Was quite good because the jousting also good, had right? a lot of politics in it.
2: Yes.
4: Yeah, yeah. But also so it it wasn't the thing just, they did. Yeah. yeah. That's what they did well, right? Like the thing I actually. Caught my, I got caught up in it. Was this whole power dynamic thing? Which you're like, yeah, that is kind of one of the best things of the original Game of Thrones, is the power dynamic of like you're just like, wait, who's going to betray who, and how's this going to go down? I honestly thought that he was going to stab that dude in the neck from behind after he lost. Yeah, me too. Because he seems like a trashy loser. Well, yeah, and, and like, that's and so I'll give him credit for and that. And that would
2: be the Game of Thrones way. So, um, yes, but yeah, one yes. thing I didn't understand about the the jousting, and I think this is what threw me off was usually like jousting looks like a tournament rules like okay this person versus this person and then move down the brackets and and so on mm-hmm. and for a while there it seemed like the one guy kept going against any challenger and that's some that seemed weird to me and i'm like
4: oh, see yeah. i don't know
2: enough are we playing play around with time it? again because did we not well, uh
3: like, the tourney rules are, i don't know exactly how those are determined but what i thought was weirder was just that they just uh, started killing each other, uh, which there was I don't think brawl. Is, there's a there's, there was a
4: melee portion. There was a melee portion. There was a brawl that makes no sense
3: with blunted swords and weapons.
4: Okay, what I maybe in a Renaissance
2: was... fair, but not in the Game of Thrones <laughs> universe.
4: No, I think what was <laughs> happening was long time was ago. There was, you know, they'd be like the, the they would have the jousting, and then they would cut to like the melee battle. Like, all right, rest the horses. Melee battle for like, that's when everybody goes get their popcorn and they're getting whatever. Like you get your leg, turkey leg. Everybody goes out there, bashes each other for a while and they go back to the jousting. That's what I thought.
2: Apparently I thought it would
3: be a little bit more structured too. Like there'd be a little bit of of, like the announcements, like Prince Daemon Targaryen against With his walkout
4: music.
2: So you're, you're hoping for a night's tale where Paul Bettany would come out and start giving a, a big speech about. Oh, well.
4: Don't, don't do that to me. Don't put Paul Bettany in my mind where I'd be like, this, be this show would be way better if I could just get Paul Bettany.
2: <laughs> no, I don't want Paul Bettany in the show because I don't want to see Paul Bettany die. I've already seen that twice, three times. <laughs> well,
4: do you not know also, I don't want to see Incest Show again. Like, oh. they were cr- creeping already a little bit.
2: Oh, no, come on. That That's like a. There is going to so much gonna... incest.
4: It's like. <laughs> They learned the wrong lessons of what people liked about. So this but is my complaint. This is and like Norm, the, I blame They're the Targaryens.
3: They have to like. It's kind of <laughs> it's hard, their hard thing. Hard. <laughs> it really Emily, you're is, absolutely though. right.
4: And they decided <laughs> well, I to tell their is. story instead of Norm's idea, which is now. I tell everybody, I'm like Norm, you ruined this. I'm like, we should have followed Murder Girl, Arya. We should just be following <laughs> yeah. her adventures around the well, whole wide Western world Westerners. with new characters, or- new new adventures.
2: Or what I really wanted from this was not this. I wanted High Valyria. Oh. Would
4: you have wanted to see the Doom of Valyria? What's High Valyria again? Oh, like even further back,
3: like way, way back. Would you have wanted to see like the Doom of Valyria? Yes. Or
2: before that? That to me is more interesting than what this is going to be. And i that's because I that's know fair. a good bit of the book, uh, A Fire and Blood. So I
3: don't Especially know. Especially because with Valyria... It suggests that, like, one, the Doom of Valyria is very mysterious. Some kind of world-ending event that happened over there. Maybe a meteor is, you know, hypothesized. But after the Doom, Valyria, like, still exists, and people sort of sail into it, and they usually don't come back.
2: Well, it's because the stone men are sitting there waiting for them.
3: Right. There's all these weird creatures and fantastical stuff going on there that they don't talk about much, but that could be really interesting.
2: And that's what uh, what I'm interested in. That's what I want. But that's not what we're getting. Could have,
3: oh, we could have seen what happened when one of the Targaryens rode Valerian the Dread into High Valyria and never came back. Okay, okay, Lucas, go ahead.
4: <laughs> okay, you guys are getting a little too nerdy for even me. I think this is what it is. Is This is a, this, the Valyrian steel. This is the stories that happened thousands of years ago.
2: Like, in yeah, like
4: the kingdoms that hap- existed before. Before the Targaryens, yes, yeah. the
2: Targaryens yeah. weren't rulers yet okay. in High Valyria. They were just one of the main houses.
3: Yeah, there were other dragon riding
4: families. Yes, this is like going to the the Knights of the Old Republic in Star Wars. Like, I'd much rather watch that story than the Skywalker's. Right? Like, this is the same. They make they go back to the well over and over, and they milk that udder dry over and over. And it's like, let's tell the new stories or the old ones that are like way older. Can we point out things that are like favorite moments before we get into my least
2: favorite moments? Sure. Um, I in. What'd you guys like? I. Wow, this is this is gonna sound like a backhanded compliment, but I, I it's not meant to be. Um, I liked how they made the Iron Throne more um, intimidating looking now than yes. it was. Although that, was that is a. Awesome. <sighs> hazard and a half
3: oh yeah well, osha like, it, would it, never clear
2: ble- but
4: also the idea that the, this king is it makes you see, see how like kind of wimpy and a loser he is because he keeps cutting himself on it which see, is okay cool. see like, that's that was a good i'm glad touch. you
3: brought that up because not only is it now more book accurate it's like also believable that it was like huge it just used to be bigger now it, you know in the present game of thrones time it's like smaller or whatever but um It's also a great deal of symbolism in people who get Mm -hmm. historically cut by the throne. There was even a rumor one uh, rumored one of the rulers who was a Targaryen uh, actually got like stabbed to death on the throne. But more likely he was actually just murdered in the throne room, um, not actually stabbed by the sword by the throne. But the idea is the symbolism is like people who get cut by it are not necessarily fit to lead whether they're cruel kings or just too (laughs) nice to be king or whatever.
4: Yeah, it's good. I think that symbolism works really well in this, and it does look great. Like the, it's not just the throne; it's the it's a room of yeah. a, a throne room, and, like it's really well done. And, and
2: I would say this: I would not get drunk around there because one slip and fall, and you are impaled. Forget that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And I gesticulate a lot, so it would be awful for me. <laughs> I would be pacing in front of it a lot. No,
2: you cou- no, you wouldn't because you couldn't. <laughs> You're just not. No, allowed. I would. I'd be like
4: the new rule is. <laughs> You, I understand. Cushions on everything. I understand
2: how Baratheon just like looked it. around. and Was like, all right, all this is not needed. Gotta go. Like, it's got to go. go. It's got to go. go. Gotta go. I, I like being drunk, and yeah. I know I'm gonna get too drunk and fall over and and kill myself. So all this. But he's out
4: hunting all the time.
2: All this gone.
4: <clears throat> yeah,
2: we're gonna knock this wall down. We're gonna really open up the space, and you know, <sighs> sorry. Uh,
3: I'm trying to think of favorite. Mo- I guess. The the political aspect of the jousting, I that sounds really nerdy.
4: No <laughs> But just like that You're amongst friends here. <laughs> nerdy friend. I just pushed up my glasses when you said that.
3: <laughs> but like that Damon challenges uh the Hightower son, the son mm-hmm. of the hand, Otto Hightower, because he just doesn't like him. Um and then he he roundly beats him to the ground. <laughs> in that joust. Which by the
4: way, that was an illegal play, right? You can't like knock the knees off the horse, right? I don't know. We so don't the, know. We, we don't knows know the rules.
3: What the rules are. And then there's like all of the the asking of favors was also very political where mm-hmm. I forget who it is that asks um I, I think it's a Baratheon who asks Queen uh Princess Raines, yes, it who is is a the Baratheon. who's a queen that never was. Mm-hmm. And he he says that her he names her as that and that kind of like ruffles the oh, feathers. Oh, no, no,
2: no, no, it's the Dorn
4: Oh, the Dorn is the final, the, the yeah. champion. Yeah, he's the, Dorne, the
2: one who asks Raina.
3: Well, he asks Rhaenyra.
2: Rhaenyra. Sorry.
3: Yeah. All their names are the same, which oh, makes geez.
4: it more oh, <laughs> confusing. Oh, man. <It's,
2: laughs> see, this is already going to get confusing. Okay, so never mind. Uh, I thought... There's,
4: you're right. The Baratheon does ask the the non-queen. Yeah, the queen the, that...
3: The not-queen. Yeah. Who's sitting with...
2: The queen who yeah, wasn't... Who's
3: sitting with Corlys Valerian, right. who is mm-hmm. um, the black sailor who is...
4: Black uh, sailor with blonde hair
3: with blonde hair yes that
4: that very curious about that fashion choice
3: which we can discuss that as well but he calls her the queen that never was and that ruffles some feathers because it's essentially like a little bit of a, a jab at uh the legitimacy of, of king viserys's title and then yes. um you're right it's the dornishman sir Kristen cole who asks queen rainera yeah <laughs> for her favor yes and that's interesting because like who knows what their relationship's gonna be uh, are they gonna be allies or adversaries <laughs>
4: Both, Mm -hmm. so okay, that we're getting to the thing I liked, which is up until the last few minutes of the show, I was not going to watch another episode (laughs) partly because I did not like all the like annoying. Oh, the gold cloaks were going to go out and massacre people, here's pointless castration and a lot of like unnecessary, (laughs) like there's a lot of violence for own sake, yeah. it, It just felt like, but it wasn't, didn't really do much to help push the story along it was just kind of like okay we get it this is what you have to do check the box um well, i think but that then, the,
3: the gold cloaks i think that scene made sense but i think they just overdid it
4: that's what i mean it was like <laughs> they didn't have to do that and it would have been fine but the but the, the what i liked about this was right at the end they set the pieces of motion where so when he, he, um lame o king what's his name that i'm forgetting when viserys like essentially says Kill my, kill my wife so I can get this heir. It was a really good character moment where you just saw, like, you knew it's not going to last for him by him making oh, yeah. that decision. Um, and that so then fun. after his son died, the heir dies, and they have, and they revealed it in a really cool way where you see his wife wrapped up, like, about to get immolated. And then it, like, tracks down, and you see the son also baby wrapped up there. And then you get the princess crying. And she like unleashes the dragon to come down and just like blast him. It was a cool scene. It was like it, it was like felt ritualistic, like this is what you do. This is what the, was good. It did a lot the for the characters do. too. It
3: did. We see it all yes. through Rainier's eyes. Yes.
4: And that's and then suddenly Rainier getting the, the the father finally making the right decision. And he does it in such a cool, like, you know, revealing way where he's like, This is what I should have done 20 years ago. And he makes her queen. And then suddenly I was like, whoa this suddenly got interesting because i'm like i think about the queen who never was and now who's gonna be she's pissed because they just like negated the reason why she wasn't queen like it should be her so it just set in motion everyone now is gonna be gunning for that throne and she's gonna be fighting like hell for this legitimacy she would have been safer not to be queen and so now she's in the bullseye uh with her being the heir so i was obviously
3: Damon who has ambitions
4: yeah. Who really likes her, though. That's what's interesting, is they could have made them at odds, but instead, you know they have a very close relationship, so I was like, very, all, they, it took them all episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping they don't go there. <laughs> but, you know, it's Game of Thrones, they will. But what, when it got to the last ten minutes of that episode, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch more. I, they got me. I was like, this is a cool setup.
2: Yeah, I I, I liked this episode. I thought it was a, de- a good setup. I thought... Oh, some of it was a little gratuitous, but at the same time, I felt like they weren't explaining some of the things that were going on. I agree with you, Amelia. I really liked the jousting scene. I think they would. I think we should have spent a little bit more time there, and especially on the political aspects rather than what was actually happening. I would have liked to see more mm-hmm. of. I would have liked to see. So you
3: could. You could have missed it if they like. If you were just watching cat, especially with all the blood and guts yeah. flying everywhere.
2: Yeah, and I think I think it would have been more interesting to like really dive into that a little bit more. The the exposition that happens when um, uh, Viserys brings uh, Rhaenyra to the the giant dragon skull and starts telling her about everything I thought was a little too much, but at the same time, like I get it, we have to kind of paint the picture for the future. But it se- seemed a little weird, and the whole. Like you guys said, the, the gold cloaks coming out and doing what they were doing, um, it seemed random. And I don't think any of that was explained how random it was because at one point they're pulling people out for like prostitution. And then what do you see uh, Matt Smith uh, as, as Damon um, doing later? He's in a whorehouse. Is that a brothel? Oh, no, they, yeah. they were just indiscriminately murdering yeah, people and, it's like, and, they, and butchering
3: people. In but, but theory, these more. are people that were convicted of crimes in due process. But,
2: right, but the, you know, that I think that needed a little bit a more light shine oh, on I, it rather was than... It
4: literally actually supposed to be actual criminals? I know he said, like, oh, it's all I, That's what they that, said, I like, but I do feel like the
3: tone of the show is such that it's, like... Yeah, I thought that was just the cover Probably meeting out random justice, um, yeah. so...
4: From, from ACAB, what I understood that was. All the cover City up. Watch
3: are bastards. Um yeah. a gab yeah. all gold cloaks. So I think that was a statement. Yeah. <laughs> but that really that reminded me or it felt like HBO was trying to remind me of their reputation.
2: <laughs> right, sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then lastly, uh this part really didn't land for me too much was uh the orgy scene. Um, oh, yeah. the be, gratuitous orgy. Because, because the boys did it so well with hero gasm, where it furthered the plot so much, whereas this, it Thank didn't you. do that. And, like, no. Lucas, you had it right with the boys. Like, it furthered the plot. It was about character development. This didn't give me any character development other than, nope. like, I saw uh, Damon sitting there being the sad guy at an orgy. Like crying a little. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like... Yeah,
4: he's the sad I'm guy at like, an orgy. What a loser. He's
2: the one throwing the orgy. <laughs> why no, the
4: worst part is there were he gave a speech and there's this couple doing it in the background and they like stopped to watch him i'm like just go just, <laughs> just find, keep going what are you guys doing have fun just, it felt so lame like honestly those those the, the gold cloak scene and that scene to me and I, listen i'm a fan of sex and violence typically but it has to be pushing story or character. and it didn't and i felt like those were just really lame they were just they felt like gratuitous and and lame
3: and that was the thing like it's not that the scenes should have should not have been there. Like I think it makes sense that he comes in with his gold cloaks sure. and dismembers yeah. a bunch of people. I think it makes sense that he's like making this announcement at a brothel, but the 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 execution was like a bit much. Like dude, I don't know that I needed to see so many severed appendages.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> exactly. It just felt like they yeah. There was a way to balance it where it could have been we would actually be telling about how much we liked that scene instead. It's like those are the ones that stood out where I was like, yeah, whatever, HBO. Serving it up. <laughs> Alright, HBO.
2: Like, oh, this is why everyone that- liked Game of Thrones. No, we liked it because no. in those those <laughs> in those moments there was actually some story going on. This one, not so much. Well, do you know
4: what they also had a lot of originally in the *Game of Thrones*? Is they had um, Tyrion Lannister, who was funny, and he would have Bronn, who we loved. Like they had funny, ah, lighthearted people too again. that would
3: balance it out. Ruined I, Tyrion.
4: <laughs> I know, but like when it started out, like so much of the show was balanced out with actually some humor and something interesting. Like they need to get, they really desperately need a, a character or some storylines that can bring some levity and some fun. Because uh, the original one had a lot of like really fun and exciting characters in it, yeah, not just depressing, well, like, sad sex. Th-
2: think uh, I'm just gonna compare this, the this like a sex scene like this, to a sex scene in the um, season one of Game of Thrones that really pushed character, and that was with um, Danny's brother. Viserys. It is Viserys. Oh God! Wow. Um, Viserys <laughs> is with that the 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 hooker, I'm just going to say hooker, prostitute, whatever you want to say, and it's pushing his view on how the world's supposed to be and it's giving background in the world and he's talking about fondly, like, oh, this and that, oh, they call me the last dragon, blah, 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 this and that, and it was it was pushing story. These sex scenes in this one didn't push that at all.
1: <clears throat> exactly.
3: No, that's fair. Like, they, <laughs> they were doing a little bit of character work just to be like, this is the kind of guy that Damon is, but it's... Yeah, not enough. It's background, yeah. <clears throat> but I know that we don't. We might be running out of time a little bit. There's a couple of things yes. I wanted to cover. <laughs> Shoot, some sure um, some Easter eggs or like details maybe that I noticed. There is a weirwood tree. Um, yes, in that was cool. King's Landing, in uh, where uh, Rhaenyra and Alicent, her friend, um, also the the daughter of the Hand, um, Alicent Hightower. So. They're friends, and they're hanging out in like the gardens or whatever. There's a werewood tree, which is kind of odd because they most of those trees were cut down in the south during the invasion of Westeros, like ages and ages and ages ago. Um, because like now the ruling religion is the faith of the Seven, which I won't get that much into. It. So like, why is this tree still here? Like, there are some um, some castles that will still have godswoods where they like have a section that will have a werewood in it. So maybe that's what this is, but it is like notable. Like, I don't know, maybe something will happen or maybe it's just a fun detail um, uh, to like reflect the first episode of game of Thrones where there was a scene with the werewood. Maybe
4: what? it'd be a shame if they didn't tie it in somehow like the old gods and well, that didn't religious. Aspect. Didn't
2: they explain that in season one or two of game of Thrones where they talk about how the mad King had all that, removed and that the light of the seven was the the new re- that was his like choice of religion so that and cuz he was the mad king oh. he got rid of it i thought that was
3: well that that cutting down of all the werewoods and the the religion of the seven actually happened like that happened uh far beforehand
2: right but i i thought the ones that were left that he the mad king might have the mad have... king ordered all to be destroyed
3: yeah, I don't know. I'd have to refresh on that. That like maybe yeah, maybe this is just like the one that will be cut down in a few generations. Right. Um. Let's see what else the dragons are fun. Um, but they didn't. We didn't get a lot of time with the dragons, so I don't know. I'm
4: okay with that. Keep them. Talk keep them it. like on the periphery and only use them when necessary. I will say
2: though, uh, so far Daemon Targaryen's dragon looks the most badass.
3: I'd like the design of the dragons look really good. The dragons do like actually look different from each other, which is nice. Um, Fun fact: Daemon Targaryen's dragon is named Caraxes and is nicknamed the Bloodworm because it is deformed. It has a super long neck and an extra pair of wings on its hind legs.
2: Still looks cool.
3: It does look really cool. Um, Bloodworm. There were a couple of things that where they tried to tie in with the Game of Thrones that we know and love, hate. Uh, And one of them was they talked about Aegon the Conqueror's dream that he Mm -hmm. called A Song of Ice and Fire. Song of Ice and Fire. And this was a little bit controversial (laughs) because he's basically like Aegon had a dream of the events of like the end of Game of Thrones where the White Walkers were going to come take over and it was going to be the Long Night and there needed to be a Targaryen on the throne to unite the Seven Kingdoms and drive them out. Uh, Some people take issue with this because it's, like, seen as inserting canon where there doesn't need to be canon, or, -hmm. like, retconning certain things because, like, the dream is, like, didn't come true. There was not a Targaryen on the throne. Um, The long night was ended by Arya Stark. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, like, you know, but... Dreams are, but prophecies are finicky.
2: But, so, or, yeah. or is it just a way of holding power? It was his way of making the mass. Even though they didn't release this information, everyone maybe it's a way of uh, indoctrinating the next Targaryen ruler into being like mm-hmm. you have to keep Targaryens on the throne. Like one of those, like you can't abdicate any power. You must keep it for House Targaryen. That's how kind of I read it. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. I saw the same. Uh, things being said but I didn't see it that way I saw it as like oh this is a way of telling people like it's it's almost like oh God gave us this power so therefore we are the rightful rulers you know that you know medieval Europe used and abused
3: you know I would prefer you- that explanation but the one I prefer the most is no explanation because <laughs> I just don't think the tie in oh, no, no, I, I agree with you 100% no,
2: that, that's why I said before is one of my least favorite parts was all mm. the exposition that's given there because it, it was it was unne it it was unnecessary. So right because you know do not of?
3: need a reason to conquer. Like no, he, he can just be ambition.
4: Yeah, well, you know, most people who do conquer like to put it in like I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, this is for your own good. Which you know, I oh, like. Baby. I think
3: that would work so perfectly for Aegon because he's not like a good guy. <laughs> no, <not laughs> no conquer ever was. No. Like, he's. No. Well, they write like the history weird... books,
4: and they try to make themselves out to be good. Right. So There's all that's... this
3: weird, like, master race dragon eugenics stuff going on anyway. So, yeah. like, that's reason
4: enough. <laughs> and, you know, them doing all their incesting is one of the reasons the dragons got all tiny, right? <laughs> Many reasons. Um, oh, can I say though What I thought about, though, why when they said they said the Song of Ice and Fire, I was like, it made me think of... Bilbo writing his, (laughs) there and back again, a hobbit's tale. And I was Uh, like, that's how you do it. That's how you retcon it with it. He said the
3: thing. Um,
4: Tolkien definitely knew how to do it better, is all I can
3: say. Yeah, Tolkien did do it better. There and back again, a
4: hobbit's journey.
3: But um, also the dagger that Viserys carries is the one that travels all the way down generations and follows us, gets all the way to the end of Game of Thrones where Arya uses it to kill the White Walker and end the long night. Um, that dagger appears a bunch. Um, I, again, don't know that there needs to be a connection made there, but it's a fun fact.
4: Is it Luke's lightsaber? <laughs> no, it's Tiger hazes.
2: Might as well be.
3: Some kind of Valyrian steel dagger that's very significant, apparently. Um, when Renier and Alicent are talking about history in the Godswood, this is maybe too small of a detail to share, but the <laughs> history that she's referring to is of Nymeria, the warrior queen, who led Rhoynar refugees, who, are, who were refugees from the free cities of Essos. She led them to Dorne, and there she married a Dornishman and basically started House Martell, where they actually have female succession practices. So it's mm. very fitting that Rhaenyra very would, be, would be an expert on this history and would know it very well.
4: And do um, you remember what the name of Arya's direwolf was? Nymeria. Nymeria.
3: After the warrior, after the very same. There you go. (laughs) And, um, let's see, Valerian, and yeah, finally Valerian, the Valerians being black, um, this was something that obviously people were going to take issue with, um, I, I don't really think it matters, uh, like, yeah, it doesn't mess up the canon slightly, sure, but I don't really care. Well, do we know Valerians
4: from the original, from, from the original series? they're more like of, just talked about in the history books, right?
3: It does kind of not make sense because House Valerian oh, right. is actually um, intermarried heavily with House Targaryen, has been for many generations, so they all are supposed to kind of look the same.
2: But they all have white hair. Well, I mean... that's Okay,
4: that was my question. Was that a stylistic choice? Was he like, I'm going to try to blend in with these folks? So he's like, I'm going to dye my hair. So,
2: I mean, the, the only thing I have there, and I, I honestly don't care the color of their skin, the question is, is like... What happened? They all just disappear? <laughs> what all happened? of them?
3: Maybe that's...
2: Maybe that'll be explained? I, I don't
3: know. Maybe like they mixed enough by the time we get to Game of Thrones. Maybe Day.
4: there'll be another prequel that'll go back 100 more years after this one finishes.
3: <laughs> so this is one of those things that I just like... Is it technically... like? Is it maybe a little inaccurate? Sure. I don't really care, though.
2: Does it matter? <laughs> it doesn't matter. But
4: just, I mean tell a good story and you know like I said where this ended made me excited to watch more like hands down I was like no okay I'll tune in I'm not listen I'm not going to come in with the what I used the juice I used to get wanting to watch the Game of Thrones series like midway through but I'm intrigued I'll watch more
3: so I'm not sure what else to go into I mean I, I did like it I liked this show so far um, I don't love it I think there was like some, some big flaws that we talked about, but I'm just I think I'm mostly just happy that I get to dig back into this lore. Like I have a good excuse yeah. for it. <laughs> so I forgot how much I enjoyed that.
4: And I do think they're gonna deliver on that level where if like you pay attention to this stuff, like they're gonna not hold back from Doing this density, right? And I like that actually. You don't, and that's things you don't have to always explain it. Just have it there in the background, and have the characters talk about it. But like, you don't have to like over-explain any of this stuff because it's it becomes just the setting, and that it enriches the world that if, of that we're watching.
2: I'm excited for this, but I am very cautious of this because my concerns are: I don't want them feeling like they need to tie into Game of Thrones too much. I feel like they've no, done they more. Go- than they needed to in this first episode, which bothered me. And also, I'm starting to—I f- don't want them to feel like they have to copy and paste the characters. Like mm-hmm. I really felt like Matt Smith was just doing um, Lena Henley's Cersei, especially later Cersei. Mm-hmm. It felt like very much like it's like oh, this is like the same character type, just slightly different. Um, uh, Rhaenyra, when they were first introducing her, she was riding a dragon, and her mother didn't like that. And kind of made uh, made a comment like, "Well, I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a a soldier or a warrior." Yeah, and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound Daenerys. like Arya Stark at all." <laughs> don't like Arya Daenerys. Yeah, it's like, let's person. not do this. Let's let's make. I, I'm a little worried that these characters are gonna fall into like, "Oh, these cookie cutters of oh, this is Jon Snow now. This is this is Arya. This is you know." I, I'm worried that that's coming up, but I am still excited, and I hope they prove me wrong.
3: That's the thing they like they're like, "Oh, because this is we're capitalizing off the success of Game of Thrones, we should do what we can to remind them of Game of Thrones when really, most fans don't want to be reminded <laughs> of Game of Thrones we we want we want the world back, but not like not not necessarily that
4: story, yeah, give us the setting and give us new characters that we can fall in love with.
3: That's what I want. So are we excited to see more? Uh, out of how many dragons would you say? <laughs> I mean, dragons as an actual dragons, not the currency.
4: How many dragon heads? Dragon how many eggs. dragon eggs? Because <laughs> it hasn't hatched yet.
2: Throughout all of Game of Thrones, we've only seen five dragons now, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go out of five dragons. I'm going to go, excited to see this, three and a half dragons. And Bloodworm is definitely the f- one of the full dragons, because that one looks uh, awesome.
4: I will say three dragons. Um out of five but you know that's more than i truly went like halfway through that first episode i was at one dragon uh but by the end of it i got up to three
3: uh i am surprised i'm gonna say four dragons and i'm really surprised because any other time that we've talked about house of the dragon before it actually came out i was just like i don't care (laughs) i don't i like i don't care (laughs) i'll watch it like i guess begrudgingly and now i just like you're
4: going back to your abusive (laughs) ex is what you're doing i'm just
3: remembering all the good times we used to have (laughs) i have so many wiki tabs open
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Uh, maybe
3: i should read fire and blood
4: (laughs) well what i hope for Emilia, is that you maintain this level of excitement and you keep doing your research because I'm not going to do it. And you bring it every time and fill us in on the on the little details we miss. Because that actually made me like the episode more, hearing you describe those little background uh, nuances that I didn't pay attention to.
3: Yeah, but but going off of what uh, Norm was saying earlier, I would like to petition now for <laughs> the story of the doom of Valyria and its aftermath. <laughs>
4: Yes. No. nor We're doing your first story where we go follow.
3: Arya. Fall- the journey of Varys, Stannis, whoever who <laughs> flew off on Valerian never came back. <laughs> exactly.
2: This is what I want. This, I, I, I want. I want West of Wester- Westeros with Arya Stark, and I want the fall of Valeria, the doom of Valeria. All right, those are
4: called. both better ideas. But hey, we'll it, see. it'll, Let's it'll, be, a, it'll be better for.
2: It'll be better than the Jon Snow. uh jeez. Oh, uh, oh. Series. No, Don't remind I can't believe <laughs>
3: that's. I I Don't would even settle me. just for Robert's Rebellion, which would really be retreading, you know, oh, old yeah. ground. But
2: yeah, hopefully that uh, Jon Snow miniseries or series gets the axe, like Batgirl and all the others did.
3: Uh, Kit's gonna be heartbroken if that happens.
4: <sighs> well, hold the door, hold <laughs> door. That's what needs to happen to Jon Snow's story.
3: Well, I mean, I I I at least could probably talk about this for a while longer, but. Uh, you know, nearing the end of our uh, of our time here, so and and you know, maybe predictably, we did not actually get around to the verse confessions. So maybe next episode. So make sure you tune in to see if we ever get there.
4: I still had a lot of fun talking about She Hulk and Hot D. Hot D. <laughs> oh my god! I am not calling that, it again, that. again. You made me like it more, <laughs> Emilia. Uh, Hot D. Uh, so I hope y'all enjoyed it too, and if it's you canon. did, be sure to subscribe. It is canon now, by the way. Hot D. Yeah, we
2: want Martin himself. We, we go to, we go from talking about Hot D with George R R. Martin, and then we have Hot D Captain America style, basically talking with Jennifer Walters, wanting to know if Captain America is a virgin. Wow, we really tied this one in together.
4: Yeah, there you go. We did it. The full verse <laughs> circle. Um, if you enjoyed talking about all this uh, Hot D as much as us. Be sure to subscribe to The Verse, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. <laughs> Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, we're on them all. And if you would, be so kind, give us a five-star rating. It really does help a lot. Also, you can reach us on Twitter and on Instagram at the Versecast. So please follow, share, and interact with us there. And if you want to follow me, Lucas Longacre, you can follow me at LuconianLogic on Instagram and on Twitter.
3: If you want to follow me, Emilia, you can follow me on Twitter at emiliau.
2: If you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you can follow me on Twitter at random underscore white guy. And um, hoping Bridget's down in her pod catching up on Lord of the Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Um, she can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget Brogan sixteen.
4: And there's our fearless producer Stephen Prusikowski, who. You can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as at Filmsnork. Uh, last I heard, he was wrestling with a bloodworm. Yikes. All right. Well, time to wrap up. Put those engines into hyperdrive. We're off to our next cinematic universal destination. Yep, there's our music. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time in The Verse.
1: The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Steven Kruzikowski.
3: What are you doing out here, Bert?
0: Just giving me watch and chain a little bit of the old LP.
3: Uh Can we try that again? Remember, B.B.'s not here to translate. Pardon me
0: there, I'll forget you ain't in that uh, proper English. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Don't call me lady.
0: Oh, was just saying. He's giving me noggin a bit of hey, a old break. What was you up in the engine room, Amelia?
3: Um, I think I understood most of that one. Well, I guess I needed a break, too.
0: Hmm. I'm, just well, I'm just tired, tired of, of my intro being ruined, ruined by, by Norm. norm. Wait, just well, a minute.
3: uh, that was weird. Are we, like...
0: <laughs> are we twins? we apply me. We's on like two page in a pot I do declare. Hmm,
3: I guess we are. <sighs> just wish there was something I could do. Something we could do, maybe, to get back at
0: him. Well, I do like the sound of that. What have you got in mind here, lass?
3: I don't know. Don't call me lass. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we could ruin his intro by having you no show. That would probably drive him insane.
0: Oh, that ain't a bad idea. Eating better. We could switch the labels on his medication. That'd be a
3: laugh. Uh, that might be a bit much. Um... Or, or, what if we hid his mic before the podcast? Or, uh, replaced his Captain America shield with one that says, I love Tony Stark. Or, uh, what if we just burnt his toast?
0: Well, that sounds a tad bit on the minor side, if you ask me. That lovely daughter gave me an idea. We could compact everything he's ever owned into a sphere. And launch it all out into space, never to be seen again.
3: Whoa, um, you're not very good at this practical joke thing, are you? I mean, uh, we could always just write Captain America is a number two in his script. You know, something really, really mean like that.
0: <laughs> no, Emilia, that's bloody green. We could certainly do that. And next, while we're going on the boat, we have Mareshi but tried in an intergalactic tribunal on robotic rights. While hey. we're at it, we just deny Suffer the same fate as your beloved Kronsworth. We can have him drop in an airlock, thrown to shreds by the depressurization, and launched out into the vastest space to slowly burn up like a smoke-dicky toast on petrol. And, with a little bit of luck, maybe we can have it arranged to have him put in an old industrial oven. <laughs> It's all just a spot of fun uh,
3: well, that's an idea that's one idea that's one idea of many. I just remembered
0: wait you got another idea
3: I have to go i've gotta I've gotta check on something with the ship's navigation very important stuff.
0: We're using the engine room after all now, aren't we? Uh,
3: it's, um, it's a, it's a part of the ship that you haven't, uh, that, uh, you haven't met yet, so, uh, I'm just gonna go do that. Okay, I'm gonna go. But I have to say I like the way you think.
0: where she goes. Or oh, just sit this episode out, just me and me thoughts. Now, how does I get me revenge on Norm? Hmm.